Our world is broken, people are pretty messed up, and let's be honest, sometimes it feels like God is an abusive boyfriend who says I love you, but doesn't appear to be so loving. This podcast exists to remind you who you and your creator truly are, even amidst crisis, and offers stories of hope from people who have faced the unthinkable, yet continue to choose Jesus. Not because it's easy, but because they know that although life can feel excruciatingly complicated, there's holy simplicity found in Jesus. Hey gang, so some of you know that I had to spend a lot of time in the hospital during my stem cell transplant. So while I was in there, I had lots of time to think because of COVID, there are no visitors allowed right now. And I was able to jot down some things that the Lord had put on my heart to do for the podcast. And one of those things was to be able to create a tighter knit community and to be able to use this podcast to encourage others even more. And one of the ways that I want to do that is by offering you the opportunity to be able to buy one of our guests their favorite drink. And so I'm super excited about this. And here's how it'll work. If you go to our website, alliechristian.com slash podcast, you will be able to fill out a quick form, tell us who you would like to buy a drink for, write a message to them, and then we will facilitate them getting their favorite drink delivered right to their door along with the message. So if you have a favorite podcast guest that you have listened to on the Weather Channel, you will be able to buy them a drink. Go ahead and go to alliechristian.com slash podcast. I know it is going to bless and encourage our guests so much. Hey, Stephanie. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Allie. Oh my goodness. You are so welcome. I'm super pumped to chat with you and I'm so glad that we actually have the opportunity to chat. We've been trying for the last hour. So thank you for being patient. (laughs) No problem at all. Oh my goodness. So for those of you who don't know Stephanie, Stephanie is a special needs mom who reached out to me and said, I would love to share my story. And after hearing just a little bit of her story, I knew that we had to have her on. And I am so thrilled to be able to chat with you, Stephanie, today and for you to be a resource to other moms. Um, So I'm just so grateful that you reached out. And I know you're going to be a blessing and that our listeners are going to be blessed with Will you tell us a little bit more about yourself so we can get to know you? Sure. So my family and I live in New Albany, Indiana. A lot of people don't know where that is. So I always reference that we are 10 minutes from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, We've lived in this area, or I actually grew up in this area. I've lived here for most of my life. And um, after my husband and I got married, we lived in Kentucky for the first few years of our marriage. And I've been married to my husband, Cody, for almost six years. We got married in November of 2014. And um, (laughs) um, we were 20 at the time. So we were babies. Um, Oh my goodness, you guys are so, you guys are so close to us. We just celebrated six years in August and we got married when we were 21. Oh, I saw that. And I think your girls are very close in age with my boys also. Yeah, how how old are your boys? Um, So Siler, my older son, will be five next month and Mm -hmm. Arbor, my youngest, will be four in February. 
Oh, sweet. Yeah, our girls are five and three right now. They're summer birthdays, so. Oh, <laughs> it's fun having them that close. It, it it's really difficult, is. but it's it fun. Really yeah, so tell us about your boys. Um, so our son, Siler was born a year after we got married, actually. Um, and then when he was a few months old, we found out we were expecting Arbor. So our boys are 15 months apart. And um, Arbor is the one that we're talking about today. He has Down syndrome. And he is so sweet. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> gang, you have to go to Stephanie's Facebook page and see these sweet boys. They are so precious. And um, Stephanie, that is why you came on today. So I would love for you to just share a bit about your pregnancy with Arbor and everything that that entailed and then up to where you are today. I'm sure. So I was 22 when I found out I was pregnant with Arbor. And because my first pregnancy was so business as usual, you know, I was sick, but most people are, it was just a normal pregnancy, a normal birth. I just had every reason to expect that that's how my pregnancy with Arbor would be. And it was until the gender scan. Um, So we went in and found out that Arbor was a boy. And the next day I had an appointment with my OBGYN and he came in the room and he looked pretty concerned. And he told me that they found some fluid around Arbor's heart. And um, he said, I want to send you to a specialist right away and get that looked at. And I was by myself for this appointment. So I was just terrified. Um yeah. And so I was trying to update my family as I was getting in the car and um, I drove to that appointment that they immediately got me scheduled for. And the specialist did an ultrasound and a doctor came in and he said, listen, I don't know why your baby has fluid around his heart. He said it could be this illness, it could be this disease. He told me several different, very scary diagnoses. And then he said, sometimes we see this in babies with Down syndrome. And he said, but you know, it's probably not that. And that's all the information they gave me. And I left that appointment. I was angry. I was crying as I drove home. It was a very a jarring and upsetting day. And I mentioned the down syndrome piece of that to my close family and a few people we went to church with and everyone said, Oh, you know, it'll be fine. If he has down syndrome, you'll love him the same. And of course I agreed. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not have the genetic testing done. I wasn't against it. I just, I guess I didn't get it for two reasons. The first reason being that I knew I was going to love him, whether he had a diagnosis or not. Mm. But the second reason was I thought I was too young for this. Um, Mm. You know, the people I knew that had children with Down syndrome 
had their children when they were in their 30s or 40s. And I thought at 22, this won't be my story. Um, so the pregnancy went on. Um, I was getting ultrasounds every week, pretty much until the end of my pregnancy. At the 33 week mark, I think I was hospitalized because at my um, OBGYN appointment for the week, Arbor's heart rate was irregular. And mm -hmm. so they monitored me for a day in the hospital. Um, I had had an ultrasound that day as well. And so the day after I got home from that appointment, my doctor called me and said, I just wanted to go over the results from your um, child's ultrasound. And I said, okay. And he said, his femur bones are a month behind in growth. And I asked him what that meant. And he said, well, sometimes babies with Down syndrome have that. But then he also dismissed it and said, if your baby had Down syndrome, we would have seen this delayed bone growth much earlier in the pregnancy. So I only mentioned that phone call to my husband. I tell my mom everything. I don't think I even told my mom about that phone call. I just dismissed it because the doctor did. Um, and so um, three weeks later, my amniotic fluid was low. Um, so, so I had to um, go to the hospital one morning when I just was not feeling Arbor kick. And so I had my 15 month old in one hand, a diaper bag in the other, and I just drove myself <laughs> to the hospital. Um, and they checked on him via ultrasound and said he was stable and it was okay for him to stay in there a little bit longer, but they did want to induce me. So they started the induction process and that lasted a day and a half total. And finally it was time for delivery. And, um, I got to look at him for a minute and they took him away for a second to clean him off. And my husband, Cody went over and took a picture of him just to show me, cause I didn't get a good look at him. And I knew from the picture that he had down syndrome, which is Everyone knows what people with Down syndrome look like. I had not mm -hmm. seen very many in my life, but he had a, um, he had low set ears. He had a lot of extra skin behind his neck. He had a sandal toe gap in between his first two toes. Um, his eyes weren't open yet, but we could kind of tell by his eye shape and they gave him to me to hold him. And I was just sitting there in shock. I felt like I was holding a stranger's baby. Um, and, you know, looking back on that day was even now, it's not a very happy day to think about, honestly. And it should be because it was the birth of my child, but it was, it was very scary. And so, you know, three years later, Arbor's great. You know, I would not change a thing about him, but the birth story is something that I think God is continuing to redeem for me to not look back with just sadness. 
on that day um, because it is, it was something I did not expect. It was very sudden. And even though Down syndrome was mentioned to me a few times in the pregnancy, I just didn't think it would be my story. And so I just wouldn't believe it was true until, you know, there I was holding my baby with Down syndrome. Yeah, that must have been so overwhelming. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So what were your first steps after that? Like, if when you were so surprised, obviously, were were the nurses and doctors surprised? I mean, I'm assuming because they they didn't know. Yes, they were. Um, okay, so did they so, have like first steps for parents who had no idea, or what did that look like? Yes and no. <laughs> so okay. my OBGYN had gone home for the day one hour before I had Arbor. So I had a, a doctor I'd never met before that delivered oh. him. And he didn't really talk to me. He just kind of left after I had Arbor, which I understood. It was a very busy night in the hospital. Um, Mm. They actually wouldn't let me push for a while because we were waiting on him. Um, (laughs) Don't you love that? When they're like, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll just (laughs) hold the baby in. Okay. I'll cross Uh, my legs. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, a lot of people have a really negative diagnosis story where people just give them terrible advice, but I actually had a good experience. Um, so there was a pediatrician in the hospital. She was very sweet. And, um, I remember the moment she came in, but I also felt like I was floating above myself, just taking in the information as a different person. It sounds weird, but it was, it, yeah. No, so she I feel like that's what I would do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the pediatrician was very sweet and she confirmed what we knew. She said, we are going to do a karyotype on Arbor, which basically means they're going to look at his chromosomes. Um, and my husband and I just nodded our head and smiled because we knew, we knew we had Down syndrome, but we, we also wanted it to be confirmed because, um, we were hoping that maybe he just looked like he had Down syndrome. Um, we just didn't want to believe it was true, but she was very sweet and she gave us good information. Um, she might've given us resources, but I honestly just don't remember. I remember being wheeled into the delivery room right after she gave me that news. And immediately I just started Googling. Um, I Googled his life expectancy because that was my first thought. I Googled if I had done something to cause this, I just looked up every possible thing and Google, they always tell you don't Google stuff. (laughs) I wish I wouldn't have Googled it, (laughs) but I didn't know anything about Down syndrome, nothing except the extra chromosome part. Hmm. That is a really good segue to my next question for you, which is what would you say to parents who are going through the same thing right now? It's okay to mourn those unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a John Piper quote that I really love. It says, occasionally weep deeply over the life you hoped would be 
grieve the losses, and then wash your face, trust God, and embrace the life you have. And it's mm-hmm. really special needs parents or anyone going through something difficult knows that that's a process you have to repeat over and over. It's not a one and done grieve one time and then you're never going to be sad again. So I'm sure you definitely understand. Um, yeah, I love that. Quote. Yeah. Um, so it's okay to mourn the unmet expectations. It's going to be a constant process mourning what you wanted for your child does not mean you don't love your child doesn't mean that you're not accepting who God made them to be it just means that you thought your child was going to be one way for nine whole months and you imagined all of these things you imagined their milestones being met when all the other kids are meeting their milestones but it's not going to happen and you're not um, frustrated with your child, but you are sad because some things just are sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to ask you what the hardest part of his birth and the surprise was, but I also want to hear about the best part. So tell us first, what was the most painful part of the surprise of him having Down syndrome? Um, The most painful part was the unknown, mainly because I didn't know what Down syndrome was. I didn't know if I needed to be grieving the loss of my life as I knew it, or the loss of everything I thought that he would be. Um, I, I remember really needing to cry and I couldn't, the scariest part had to have been not knowing what his future would hold. Um, what his health would be like, because according to my Google search, um, health problems are very common in children with Down syndrome. Um, I didn't, I knew I had supportive family, so I knew that that wasn't going to be an issue. Um, and I would say, and that's a good segue to the best part of that day that was so confusing is I knew from the get go that my family was going to be supporting us and loving us and they would love Arbor exactly how he was, um, in those first few days, my mom came over and stayed the night and stayed up with him and fed him when he cried so that I could sleep. Um, my mother-in-law sat next to me and rocked Arbor in the hospital while I slept. Um, there were just so many blessings from our family and from friends who brought us meals and prayed over us. I just know that so many people were covering us in prayer. In fact, I'm pretty sure my mom, before I told anyone that Arbor had Down syndrome, my mom had everyone in her phone receiving messages from her asking for prayer um, for me. And, you know, at the time, if I had known that, I probably would have been a little upset. But 
<laughs> but now <laughs> yeah. looking back, like the Lord upheld me through all of that. I had a peace that I've never had before. And I know it was because so many people were lifting my family up in prayer. Yes, people make all the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I love hearing that. Okay, so tell us, uh, let's fast forward to now. So what is the most painful part now? And then I also want you to share what is the best part now? Well, I will say there are a lot of best parts, but I will go ahead and share the um, the difficulty because <laughs> as I said, the unmet expectation part of this is ongoing. Um, it might always be ongoing for me. Just the other night, I cried to my husband because I was telling him that I had this vision of how close my boys would be because they're only 15 months apart and how they would have little conversations with each other and um, be playmates. And that's just not what our life looks like right now. Arbor's the baby Mm. and, you know, Siler's almost five and he does his own thing. He has his own interests that are separate from Arbor. They of course love each other, but it's not what I envisioned for them. And also the unmet milestones are a constant struggle in my mind. Um, because Arbor likes to take his sweet time. <laughs> he just he yeah. just started walking the other day and he loves it. But he's three and a half. That took so long. But, you know, it makes those milestones so much sweeter when they take so long for him to reach. And we just praise him and cheer for him because he's worked so hard. Um, hmm. And he's you know, it makes thinking about his future difficult because next year he should be starting preschool. So that's something that we're still trying to navigate. But the Mm -hmm. best parts, (laughs) the best parts are he is so resilient and he is a pure little soul. Like all of, he is so simple and the things that he loves he's very easy to please if you just set him in front of a window he'll look out the window for 30 minutes he just Hmm. is so sweet of a little guy and everyone loves him um oh I love that (laughs) what would you um if if you can speak on your husband's behalf, I would love to hear what you think your husband's favorite part of having a special needs child is. My husband's a very quiet guy and he doesn't share his feelings very often, but he is so proud of the growth that he sees in Arbor I just know that every time Arbor does something new, Cody's face just lights up. He's a very, very proud dad. And he is actually Arbor's highest motivator. He will do almost anything for Cody that he will not do for me. So Cody's the reason Arbor walked the other day for the first time in a long time. 
Um, that is so precious. Oh, what are some ways that you saw Jesus show up? Oh man, he showed his kindness to me in a way I hadn't really seen it tangibly in a long time. I've noticed in my life whenever I'm going through the rockiest seasons, the Lord feels so much nearer to me. Um, he just really cared for my soul and showed me his love by giving me arbor to raise. I can see so much of the Lord's character in giving me a special needs son. And I don't really know how to explain that, but in maybe the biggest way I've seen the Lord's love for us is in the community that has loved us and in our families that have loved us. Um, Mm. The Lord just really blessed us with an amazing community. Yeah. Again, I love that. (laughs) What are some things that some practical things um, that you did to really help yourself heal and set yourself up for success to continue to seek Jesus and, and, or to be able to raise these two boys, even though you had so many unmet expectations? Two things were important for our family to be able to process and heal as we went along. And one of the important things was we asked for help. I don't enjoy asking for help, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I needed it. And so I accepted meals. I let people hold my child (laughs) so that I could, um, you know, worship in church without holding my baby. Um, we made sure that we were back in church as soon as cold season, cold and flu season was over. Arbor was born at the tail end of all of that. So we kept him home for the first few weeks of his life. But the church community was so important for us to um, feel connected. And we just felt so much love from them and so much support. Um, they when we first dropped him off in the nursery, there were no weird questions about how to take care of him. They just took him and took care of him. Um, So I would just, anybody that has a child with special needs, be willing to ask for help and do not neglect your spiritual health. You know, emotional health and physical Mm -hmm. health are very important. You need to get sleep. You need to eat right. But you need to talk to the Lord, be in his word, and you need to be um, in church with other believers during those first few days, especially. Hmm. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask you a similar question. What What would you say? Is there anything else, I guess, would you that you would say to parents who are going through um, the same situation right now? Uh, I would say you need to take all the time that you need to process everything that's happening to you. 
You don't have to be okay within a week. You don't need to put on a happy face in front of other people. You can be honest. Um, be honest with the Lord. Be honest with those around you. Um, and to kind of piggyback off of what I said, ask for help, even if it's a simple thing, even if no one understands your child's diagnosis, ask someone to go to those early doctor's appointments with you. Um, allow people to take care of your other children so you can take a nap. Just allow other people to pour into you and take care of you in those really fragile early days of the diagnosis. That's good. That's so helpful for for me to hear even because I don't know much about special needs. And so that brings another question to mind. And I know that I'm putting you in the hot seat because I did not um, send this question to you or tell you I was going to ask you this, but what are some things, and maybe there aren't any, which would be amazing, but I'm assuming that there are, what are, what are some things that were just either hurtful or just super unhelpful to hear when you have a child with special needs? Like, are there, are there things that people just shouldn't say? You know, we did get a few comments from people that we knew were well-meaning and coming from a good place. And, you know, Cody had to remind me a few times when I would get upset over something someone would say that they really just don't know any better. Um, because I know that mm-hmm. before I had a child with special needs, I would have said, for example, God gives special children to special parents. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> a really common one that we were told. And it is definitely coming from a good place. And so it's not that was not offensive to me at all, but a lot of parents don't like to hear that one. Um, Mm. Really the people in our lives did not say anything that I remember being unhelpful. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of doctors were not very helpful with the language that they would use. Um, We had one doctor that, was looking at Arbor's ears to see if he needed tubes. And midway through the appointment, he asked me if I had any developmental concerns. And he was kind of looking at Arbor funny. And I said, yes, he has Down syndrome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As you can probably tell. Um, But I would just, I wouldn't want anyone to worry about saying the wrong thing because I think I think most people know when something is unhelpful um Mm. sometimes just saying I'm here for you what do you need help with is better than something you could say that possibly would be that would possibly be offensive or unhelpful but Mm. you know you'd be surprised just how helpful it is to just say you will be a wonderful mother to this child. I remember when I posted Mm. on Facebook shortly after Arbor was born and said that we got the confirmation that he has down syndrome. 
there were so many people commenting, people I hadn't heard from in years that commented and said that Cody and I will be amazing parents to him or that we, there could be no better parents for him, which I don't think is true, but it was still very sweet to say. Um, Just (laughs) very, very kind people um, that showed support and love. um, And that's, you know, that's all we wanted. We just want people to love our child. And sometimes love as an action is better than any kind words that can be said. Mm, Or anything cliche. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so good because it sounds like you have so much grace for other people. And that is something that I've discovered is so important when you're in either a crisis situation or just when your heart is breaking. Okay, so let's end on a fun question. If you could have one wish granted right now, what would it be? So when this whole pandemic stuff started and I was home more often than usual, I really started wishing that I had some sort of artistic ability. Like I want, (laughs) I want to be able to sew or paint or something creative. And I'm just my whole life. I've tried to be that way and I'm just not, but if I could have artistic ability today, I would take it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe, maybe you just haven't discovered it yet. (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) You're like, no, it's definitely. I'm doubtful, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) You never know. Maybe you'll discover it later in life. I've heard plenty of stories of people who didn't know they could cook or paint until later in life. (laughs) I mean, Bob Ross says anyone can do it. So maybe (laughs) my time is coming. There you go. Oh, well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything that you haven't said that you want to share? I don't think so. I really appreciate you having me come on here. And I hope you have an okay time trying to edit this with all of the (laughs) app crashing that happened. I just really appreciate you taking your time for this to talk to me. Oh, Oh, goodness, girl. I feel that way about you. So thank you for being patient with our technology issues. And, and again, just for sharing, this is such a necessary conversation to have. And this was helpful for me. I mean, like I said, I really don't have much experience with kids with special needs or even parents with special needs. And I know that there are so many parents out there who it's their, it's their biggest fear that they would have a child who isn't quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for allowing us to have this conversation and for being a resource to other parents. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you for joining us today. 
I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift.